Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Birdie Bunch is a presentation of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Hey everybody, this is Kennedy Swan and you're listening to the Birdie Bunch on the College Athletes Network. Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a new episode. This can easily be done via the iHeartRadio app. Also, you can find me on Instagram at CanYouDigIt, on Twitter at CanYouDigIt as well, or on my website at www.kennedyswan.com. Feel free to fill out my contact form with any suggestions, questions, or comments of what you might want to see on the show. So if you tuned in last week, we talked about my decision to transfer and uh, take my fifth year as well. So this episode, we're going to be talking about the national championship, kind of what went into it, uh, preparing for it, you know, kind of the vibes going into it. I'm going to walk you through stroke play, all of match play, and then obviously the final winning match. 
So leading up to it, um, obviously we kind of got into postseason. Um, we had a, a good spring. We had a couple wins as a team. You know, we pretty much finished uh, top five every event, had a couple top threes. Uh, we were ranked, I believe, top 10, maybe right around 10th going into postseason and uh, maybe even a little bit higher. But uh, SECs is probably one of my favorite tournaments as well as um, my team's tournaments. Every year it takes place um, right around Easter. It's at uh, Greystone in Birmingham, Alabama. And so we got to SECs and we played uh, pretty well as a team in stroke play. I think we were right around uh, third or fourth um, in for seating. So for those of you that don't know SECs, you have three days of stroke play and then the top eight teams make it to match play. And then um, there's three different rounds of match play, just like you would have in March Madness bracket. Uh, and so I believe we were the fourth seed and we played um, the fifth seed, which was, uh, I want to say, um, shoot, who did we play? Um, it'll come back to me. But anyways, so we get to match play and um, we ended up being knocked out the first round of match play, which was extremely disappointing because the year before we had won SECs and that was um, kind of our big, uh, big um, uh, event that had come to fruition for us. You know, we had been putting in all this effort and uh, finally, <laughs> finally we had won. So we were the reigning, uh, reigning SEC champions. And especially since uh, the year before it became, uh, it had gotten canceled due to COVID, um, we were the two-year reigning champions. So for us to be knocked out first round of match play, that was, uh, that was pretty disappointing. So that gave us a little bit of extra momentum going into regionals. Um, and going into regionals, we had moved up since we had made it to match play. We had moved up to, um, I think, like eight or nine in, uh, in the rankings. And so we got the regional site draw that was um, the one at LSU, which I don't know if you guys followed any of the NCAA women's regional sites, but our regional was the one that got canceled where the top six teams got immediately sent on to nationals. And if you were outside of the top six, you just, you didn't get to go to nationals and you didn't have a chance to make it to nationals. And so there's all this drama about the NCAA's decision to cancel the tournament um, due to bad weather. And I respected their decision because the course was underwater. I mean, there was, there was literally lakes and ponds and, um, there were teams that were talking about playing it as a par 60 par three course for one day. And so that would bring in, um, everyone into the field, being able to, to make it in on a par three sixty course, which is, is just uh, for one day to for who gets to play in the national championship, um, especially in those wet conditions, was um, just a little silly. So it was kind of interesting being at that regional. Lucky, luckily enough, we were um, one of the ones that got to get um, that got sent through, and I felt really bad. You know, I had friends that were seniors that um, they didn't get to play in a regional that year, uh, and they they were done. You know, and a couple of them got to take their fifth year, which ended up working out, but. Um, anyways, luckily enough, we got sent to nationals and nationals was in Phoenix, Arizona this last year, um, or more specifically Scottsdale, um, a suburb of Phoenix. And we, so we flew into Phoenix as a team, um, and we drove over to Scottsdale, 
to get ready to go walk the course, which is uh, Greyhawk. It's there this year and it's there for the next couple of years as well. Um, and the men compete right after us. So we're typically the third week of May and the men are the last week of May. And so we, uh, we got to the resort and it was this amazing, grand, huge hotel with a huge uh, couple, like, I think there were four or five pools, a water slide, uh, a beach, um, a lake, a golf course. Like this thing was incredible like probably still to this day, one of the nicest hotels I've ever stayed in. So that was just kind of an added bonus. I think everyone kind of had in the back of their minds, well, like, well, even if we don't play well this week, it's still a really cool experience being here. And so as soon as we got there, um, we went and practiced the next morning at the course at the hotel um, and went out and uh, hit balls, chipped and putted just kind of to get used to the elevation difference coming from uh, Oxford, Mississippi to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, which that's something as well that a lot of people don't necessarily think about um, when thinking about traveling and playing in different places. You have to account for elevation differences. If you're at a higher elevation, then obviously the ball is going to go further than if you're at sea level. And so we kind of got an, uh, an idea of how that was going to impact our game for the week and uh, impact our distances. And then we headed over to Greyhawk and got out and started walking the course. And uh, so you normally get two practice rounds and then one day to walk it, which just means you go out, you have your yardage book and you get to kind of look at the course and see, okay, maybe I don't want to hit it here. Maybe I want to hit it here. Kind of have an idea um, before you even tee the ball up of where you want to hit it. And if I'm being honest, me and the team were scared uh so scared of Greyhawk uh, when we walked it because it was extremely intimidating. There's desert everywhere. There's not really much rough. It's really just like fairway, bunkers, and then desert. And so if you miss the fairway, there's a pretty good chance that your ball is going to be in a bush. And not to mention, which it didn't bother me, but it bothered a lot of my teammates. Uh, there's rattlesnakes, coyotes, and bobcats out there. And so they were always scared to go on the desert uh, just to see that, you know, they might <laughs> might see a, a rattlesnake or um, get bit by one or something like that. So I guess that was a good motivation not to hit it in the desert. But as we were walking, each hole just seemed like it was getting narrower and narrower. And so going into the practice round, I think a lot of us were just kind of freaked out that, you know, it, there wasn't really a good place to miss with your driver. And so, or really just off the tee. Um, and so we went out and we played the first practice round and actually felt okay about it. Um, I think that's one thing um, that uh, is actually really helpful to know. If you go walk a course, it can look a lot intimidating than actually playing, a lot more intimidating than actually playing it because seeing it and thinking all these negative things of, oh, I don't want to hit it here. I don't want to hit it here. You know, it's a lot easier when you're actually hitting the ball and you can see the shots that you want to hit. Um, also, Greyhawk is not the easiest course to walk. There's uh, there's some pretty far walks in between holes and there's a decent amount of elevation. So I think that was something to consider as well going into, into the tournament rounds, just knowing like, okay, best case scenario, we're going to be out here for eight days, not including the practice rounds. So in the next segment, I will be walking you through the first four rounds of stroke play. 
and uh, the first round of match play against Texas. So again, you're listening to the Birdie Bunch. I'm Kennedy Swan, and this is the College Athletes Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, 
I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the Birdie Bunch on the College Athlete Network. This is Kennedy Swan. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss a show. You can also find me on Instagram at Can You Dig It, on Twitter at Can You Dig It, or on my website at www.kennedyswan.com. In the last segment, we talked about um, the process of getting to our hotel for the national championship the first impressions of walking to the course or walking the course and uh, some of our postseason performance leading up to the national championship. So all in all, I would say our vibes after, after the practice round were, were pretty good going in. You know, I think the team liked the setup. Um, I, I know I like the setup. I like desert golf, especially because the ball goes a little bit further. Uh, you feel like you're kind of hitting your driver a mile, which is nice. Um, but yeah, we, we all felt pretty good going in. You know, obviously our goal was kind of to take it one shot at a time and uh, to just our first goal was to make the first cut. And so the format of national or of NCAAs is three rounds of stroke play and then um, an, and then cut and then a fourth round of stroke play and then another cut. So I think it's uh, they cut to the top 15 teams after the first three rounds and then they cut to the top eight after the fourth round and then they send it to match play. So it's the top eight teams. So um, in stroke play, honestly, I, I did not play very well. I, uh, I shot 75, 73, 74, 71. And each round, you know, I just felt like nothing was really falling into place. I felt like I couldn't score. I felt like I was um, playing so much better than my, my score was reflecting. And it was frustrating. You know, I was getting very frustrated and my coaches just kept telling me, you know, be patient. And it was tough because one of our um, our top players at the time, Ellen Hume, was out with an injury. And so uh, she actually didn't get to play in um, any. Well, she got to play in the first round of stroke play and she didn't play very well and her shoulder was killing her. So the coaches actually pulled her and put in our sixth person who was a freshman and she didn't have a lot of experience. So I think, you know, we we're kind of nervous as a team having a freshman that hadn't really played much before in a tournament that meant so, so much to us. And so my coaches just kept reminding me, you know, Hey, we need your, your score because on a bad day, even if you shoot 75, like I did on the first day, I'm still going to count. And so my score is going to still going to count, which for college golf, I'm sure most of you know, but if not, uh, you play five players and count four scores. And so um, you get to drop your worst score. And so my coaches are like, even if you go out and play bad, you know, we're never going to drop your score. Uh, we'll still be able to count it. And so the, the last day I, uh, I gained a lot more confidence uh, going out there and shooting 71, one under, you know, by the end of the day, end of the round, I really just wanted to have a, a one under par. And uh, three of my teammates actually played really well. They uh, one uh, two of the the sophomores finished top ten, and then my uh, one of my teammates, Julia Johnson, finished uh, top five, which was her 
her goal. And that was a, a big accomplishment for her. So obviously we were all really proud of them. Um, and then we got to watch Rachel Heck uh, win the individual individual title, which was really cool because she's a great girl. I've played a lot with her. She's a lot of um, really fun, really high energy. I actually played with her the first round of stroke play um, earlier in the week. And I think it was just really cool, especially as a freshman for her to go out and win. And she had had an incredible season before that anyways. So um, we were really excited for her. So, but once we finished the fourth round of match or of stroke play, we went on to match play and we got paired against Texas and uh, something that was uh, pretty amusing to all of us. So the, the golf channel people, uh, you know, like the main uh, golf channel commentators all had a pool, just like you would for like March Madness or anything else. Uh, they had a pool for what teams would make it to match play, like would make the first cut, would make it to match play and then, you know, make it to uh, semifinals and then finals. And only one out of the six people that did the pool had us in the top 15, like to make the first cut. Well, two people had us in the, in the top 15 to make the, the first cut. And only one person had us making it to match play, like period. So obviously we're pretty much the underdogs going into this. And so we got paired against Texas, which we had played them in the East Lake Cup um, and beat them out to win East Lake. And so we knew that they were going to be out for blood. Uh, you know, they, they were uh, a very top ranked program at the time. And uh, I got paired against Sophie Guo, who I also played at East Lake as well. And uh, I beat her there. And so I think I had a little bit of confidence going in. Um, and again, like I've said before, I love match play. I don't know why. Um, I, I'm guessing it's just because I'm so competitive. And again, I, earlier I talked a little bit about that annoying Nat strategy of just being able to kind of annoy my opponents and not on purpose, but just go up to them and be extremely nice and extremely friendly and talk to them. And, you know, the typical match play strategy is to be very quiet, kind of very like in your, in your head, in, you know, in your own, it's, it's a killer, killer exterior mindset. And I tend to have a very friendly exterior mindset and a, a killer interior mindset. And so I beat Sophie uh, six and five uh, in the first round of match play. And I was feeling really good coming off of that. Um, I was uh, really happy uh, feeling like the team was going to be doing good. You know, you can kind of tell the team momentum, whether you're doing good or not. I felt good about it. And I came off and I looked at uh, my teammate, Ellen Hume, and I was like, so how are we doing with like this big perky smile and expecting good news? And she looks at me and she goes, well, you did great. And I'm like, Oh no. So I pull out my phone and I look at the scores and we're down in every other match at that point. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe if we could flip two and, uh, two girls that, um, were kind of, um, two girls that were supposed to be key matches ended up losing their matches, um, which anything can happen in match play. That's, that's the beauty of it but we were resorted. We had to resort to two girls that were down in both of their matches to, to be able to bring it back to all square. And so Andrea Lignell, one of our, our sophomore, um, one of our sophomores, she was able to bring it back to all square and went into a playoff. And we're like, okay, so we've got one in the playoff. We need her to win. And Smilla Saunderby, the freshman that I had mentioned earlier that had no, no real, you know, match play experience or, 
you know, experience at a national championship was two down with three to play. And uh, she ended up being able to square it up and take it to extra holes as well. And we're just all sitting there like, oh my gosh, we cannot believe that this is happening because she made a like 15 foot birdie putt on, uh, on 16 and then a 15 foot birdie putt on 17 to take it to all square. And then on 18, um, they both have the hole. And so they went to the next hole. And when I tell you that me and my teammates were sprinting around the course, we were sprinting from hole 18 green to 10 green back to 18 green to 10 green just to be able to catch um catch our teammates in this playoff and so uh Andrea Lignell ends up making like a a seven footer on 18 on her like 21st playoff hole to win the match and we're like okay so it's now two points Texas two points Ole Miss and so we're sitting there sweating it out trying to figure out if if Smilla has what it takes to win this match and 23 holes later she makes like a clutch four footer to win the match to send us into the semifinals and none of us could believe that that this even happened I mean we were down in all four matches with like five holes to go and she was able to clinch this for us so in the next segment I will discuss the final two rounds of match play and kind of how we went through that. And they weren't nearly as dramatic as the Texas match, but they're still pretty interesting. So you're listening to The Birdie Bunch and I'm Kennedy Swan, and this is the College Athletes Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. 
And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the Birdie Bunch on the College Athletes Network. This is Kennedy Swan, and be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss a show. You can also find me on Instagram at Can You Dig It, Twitter at Can You Dig It, or on my website at www.kennedyswan.com. So in the last segment, we talked about our uh, our round of quarterfinals in match play at the national championship and how Smilla Saunderby was able to pull out the winning point in 23 holes against Texas. Uh, again, we had no, uh, n- not that we didn't think we were going to win, but it was a long shot. Um, and so after that, everyone kind of had a funny feeling of like, wow, if we were able to make it through Texas in this fashion, if we were able to dig deep and pull through this match, we got to be able to win it from here. You know, it's kind of like that, that underdog story of um, it's kind of meant to be at this point. And so after this match, it was a whirlwind because we were supposed to tee off an hour beforehand, just like the other two teams that were in the quarterfinal or in the semifinals did because they didn't go to extra holes and we did. So we were an hour behind on our tee time. So we sprinted up to the pavilion. We did the pairings real quick. Um, which I found out I was playing Vivian who, who um, is ranked in the top 10 at the time was ranked in the top 10 of the world amateur golf rankings. And lucky for me, I didn't have enough time to pull up her stat or her ranking to know much about her before I played her. So I didn't really have time to be intimidated by, um, by her achievements. And so anyway, yeah, we were playing Arizona in the, um, in the, 
the um, semifinals and we went out and I opened uh, going four up in my first four holes against Vivian and they had big leaderboards kind of all around the course. Um, but it was hard to tell because Arizona is also red and blue. And so whenever I'd walk up on a leaderboard to try to see where the score was at, I could never tell like which team was which. And so I had to just tell myself, you know, have faith, um, keep doing what you're doing. And then, you know, hopefully the rest of the team will pull it out. But all you can do is you can only control what you do. And so um, Vivian and I went to 17 holes, but at the end of it, um, or yeah, we went to 16 holes and I won three and two. Um, and then, uh, three of our other four girls won their matches as well. So we won four and one against Arizona. And then later that night, like late, late at night, because we had teed off so late, um, poor Oklahoma state had to stick around for like an extra hour, uh, just to be able to stay, (laughs) be there for our pairings party. Um, but we did the, um, the pairings party at like nine o'clock at night and, uh, since Oklahoma state was at the higher seed, they got to throw out the first player. And so they threw out Maya Stark and the coaches put me against Maya, which I think Oklahoma state was trying to do because the coaches typically like to send me out first that way. I don't, uh, I don't know why, but I think that they said, um, you know, I kind of keep the, the energy, um, upbeat for the team. And so I, as soon as Oklahoma state said, Maya, I knew I was going to be playing her. And I, it was definitely very, very intimidating from my side because she was ranked number three in the world. And, uh, she was also Swedish and we have two Swedish girls on our team, uh, that know her pretty well. And they, I mean, they know, like everyone knows Maya is just insanely good. And so my coaches immediately afterwards, you know, I was kind of freaking out. And my assistant coach came up to me and was like, well, you have one of two options. You can either suck it up and go out there and try to beat her, or you can go out there and just let her win. And so that kind of, that gave me a little bit of encouragement of, well, I guess if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose swinging. And so no one really slept that night. We were um, so kind of nervous going into the final match and just um, didn't really know, you know, what necessarily to expect. But then the the big surprise was we woke up the next morning and it just seemed like another regular morning. You know, we we went to Starbucks as a team and got our coffees and got our breakfast and um, came back to the hotel and all um, hung out in the lobby by the pool, eating our breakfast, drinking our coffee, just kind of talking. And no one really acknowledged that this is like we're in the final match of the national championship and so we uh we all went back and um we're getting ready in our rooms and we get out in the lobby and me and um my roommate for the week uh ellen hume were sitting on the bench talking and a rules official comes up and um she's got a tattoo on her ankle of like a big old w and i i look at ellen and i'm like i think that's like the washington w i was like i wonder if um, you know, that she went to Washington and she kind of overheard us. And she was like, yeah, I got this because me and my team won a national championship. And I look at Ellen Hume and excuse my language, but I go, oh shit. And I completely forgot that we had made a bet with each other back in April that if we won a national championship, we were going to get tattoos. And so we realized that morning, we were like, this is, this kind of made it real. Like if we win today, we have to get tattoos. 
And so we're in the car and we're kind of talking about the whole tattoo thing and we've got the windows down and music blaring and um, we get to the course and we're all dancing in the parking lot to um, I'm a rebel just for kicks. And um, everyone kind of knew that the vibe was just fun. Like we're, we're here, like we might as well enjoy it. We might as well have fun. Um, and you could kind of tell there was a difference between Oklahoma State's vibe and our vibe. You know, we we're all again, like out there having fun, singing, dancing on the range. And even the golf channel commentators were just saying like, wow, Ole Miss looks really relaxed today. And so we went out and Maya and I had a really extremely competitive match. Um, I was one down through three, and then I got it back to two up through 10. And then she canned a really long birdie putt on 11 to get it back down or back to one down. And then she birdied, um, 13, which is a really difficult par three. And we were back to all square. And so I was kind of thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is her push. This is her momentum. I, I need to get the momentum back in my favor because match play is all about momentum and having the momentum on your side. And so the next hole on 14, I birdied to get back to one up. And so we both parred 15 and 16 and 17. We hit our tee shots and Maya goes for the green and I lay up with a five iron. And this is like a super wide fairway. I thought I hit a perfect shot and I get up there and my five irons in the rough. And I'm like, I cannot believe this. Um, and this pin had been in the exact same place for the past eight days because the green, there's only really one place to put the pin. And so I knew the shot that I had to hit and it was extremely hard. I needed to hit a high, soft 60 degree out of really thick rough that's going to land on top of the ridge and check. And at that point, I thought to myself, well, all I'm going to do is just try to get a, get a putt at it. If I get it on top of the ridge, great. If it comes back down to the bottom, fine. I'll two putt, you know, we can go to 18. She can have this hole and I'll win on 18. And I hit the shot. And I, and as soon as I hit it, I'm like, oh no, sit, sit, sit. I flew that way further than I wanted to. And it lands, takes one hop and rolls up to about a foot. And everyone that was there supporting, there was probably like 30 or 40 Ole Miss fans just scream and yell and cheer and they knew that, that was going to be like the the thing that just killed Maya's momentum and so she hits her chip um from greenside up to like 10 feet and misses the putt and so I won my match against Maya and then Dre comes in behind us and she sinks a clutch seven footer to win and we're all storming the greens crying sobbing everyone's crying. Like even the men's assistant coach or the men's head coach, Chris Malloy, that was there is sobbing. Our big donor Tosh is sobbing. Everyone is just crying because we can't believe that we had just won a national championship. And so if you want to hear more about this, about the aftermath, about the trophy ceremony, about all of that good stuff, be sure to tune in next week. As always, thanks for listening to the Birdie Bunch on the College Athlete Network. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you soon. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? (laughs) 
The Birdie Bunch is a presentation of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.